Welcome to the Dallas Space Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Louder. Innovation comes in so many forms in so many different ways. We believe this entire Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is covered with people innovating. We designed this podcast to highlight the innovative things those business leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, problem solvers, the real innovators are doing day in, day out. As always, this show is brought to you by my company, Louderco. We find companies' profits through artificial intelligence and better operations. Like when we helped a massive Fortune 500 company build out their AI strategy to create breakthrough new food and beverage categories. Or when we redesigned the operations of a $100 million services company to add $10 million in net profit to their bottom line. To learn more about us, head to our website, louderco.com. Be sure to download free guides and presentations like our Intro to Artificial Intelligence presentation, or see if your company's even ready for AI through our AI readiness assessment tool. We're about to get the show started. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot to us if you subscribed and left us a review. And now, enjoy our guests and enjoy the show. All right, so welcome to the Dallas Space Innovator Show. I'm Andrew Louder, your host, and I'm incredibly excited to have, um, we have a rather unique show today. We've generally not had two people recorded on the show in the past, so we're, we're really breaking new ground here on the show, and I'm extremely excited for our two guests here, Rishi Khanna and Jeff Francis. Yeah, they are co-founders of innovation and digital product studio firm, Enowate. Yeah, I've got to know Rishi and Jeff firsthand, working together on a client and thinking through some other you know, innovation opportunities. They're both great minds in the world of innovation, both great leaders of business, and I'm excited to pick their brains here on the show today. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Andrew. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. You bet, you bet. So generally, I like to kick the show off with a, a brief, you know, one to two minute bio on the guest. And with two of us here, I'll, we'll split it up a bit. So Rishi, if you don't mind, just tell us, tell everybody listening a little bit more about yourself. And then Jeff, we'll, we'll do the same with you. I appreciate that. So, you know, I'm the co-founder and CEO of NO8. Uh, you know, Jeff and I founded this company in 2016. Uh, you know, I have a involvement in another business, but we won't get into there into that uh, business at this point, but I've built uh, our business out of a personal purpose of uh, making an impact on others and anyone I touch. And uh, from the business standpoint, uh, you know, we have uh, helped our business focus on deriving the uh, desired outcomes for our customers. And uh, in these challenging times, it actually uh, works out uh, uh, pretty well because, you know, we are all going through that change that one desires. Uh, and, and, and come out of this uh, uh, strong. Uh, from the cultural standpoint, our focus uh, of the business has been in making sure our employees uh, are uh, more become more intentional about their lives. Uh, we like to focus on their unique abilities. Uh, much like a business plan, we like to help them uh, put together a life plan for themselves. And that makes it, uh, makes it a lot more, uh, you know, uh, uh, passionate, uh, a lot of more passion comes out of the uh, employees and the engagement in the in the business becomes a lot more uh, fruitful. Um, as a business owner, uh, you know, I feel that other than making an impact on employees and, uh, and uh, customers, we also have a responsibility. And being an entrepreneur, uh, we have the ability to help serve the community that we serve. 
and we work in. So uh, I've had the opportunity uh, to involve our employees and our customers in uh, in some community involvement, uh, especially in India, since I'm originally from India, uh, where uh, we have helped in causes such as environment, uh, you know, domestic violence and education of underprivileged kids. Uh, I'm in the process of establishing a uh, a foundation uh, uh, for this as a family, and uh, you know, most recently uh, because of the pandemic, uh, we got involved in uh, helping all these migrate uh, migration workers that were, uh, you know, traveling in from different villages to New Delhi uh, after the pan- during that pandemic, were forced to go back and they had to walk back home. We were uh, we had the opportunity to uh, to feed fifty thousand of these uh, uh, of these folks uh, to make sure that they they don't uh, walk back uh, hungry. And so that's been a great uh, uh, difference in our employees and our uh, in my family uh, uh, to- totally got involved. I being so far away, you know, I, I got involved in-, in making sure that this gets executed. Uh, I've been married to a beautiful wife, Priyanka Khanna. We've been married for, for 15 years and uh, we have been uh, blessed with twin boys, uh, Ayan and Arif, and they've just turned 10 and uh, we've uh, enjoying the summer. It's been very unlike usual uh, Texas summers, but it's not that warm right. in- at night. No, it hasn't been. Uh, shockingly, I can only recall a couple of times I've gotten in the car and seen, you know, one time I hit, I thought I saw it reach uh, 113 and 106, but other than that, it's been, uh, you know, pretty mild. But Jeff, how about you? Tell us, tell us a, a bit about yourself, your background as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, quick note, I think next time I need to do my intro first. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to follow <laughs> that, that intro. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, so my name's Jeff Francis. I'm, I'm a, a co-founder along with Rishi uh, at N08. Um, I've really grown up in the Dallas area my whole life. So this is home for me. Um, I did my undergrad up at University of North Texas up in Denton. I was uh, actually an um, entrepreneurship and strategic management major. So I've really had an interest in starting businesses and growing small businesses, you know, for quite a long time. And, and really most of my career has, has been, um, been along those lines. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy solving problems just naturally and, and, and building and growing relationships. And so I've kind of found that with N08, those two things intersect quite nicely. And, uh, so that's, that's really part of what, what makes that really fun. Um, and in terms of, of family, I've you know I've I've been married to my wife Stacy for 13 years. Our 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 13th anniversary was actually just earlier this week, and then we've right. got two. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, and we've got we've got two two kids. We've got a boy and a girl, um, Hunter and Harrison, uh, three and seven. And so um, yeah, it's uh it's busy times around our house right now. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna love uh, hearing their names on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll get a kick out of that. My kids are actually very excited. They're like, "You going to be on a podcast? Are you going to come on? I, you know, Apple a podcast now?" I said, uh, "Sure." <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, this thing gets broadcast across dozens of different podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. If I can make a quick plug here, <laughs> there you go. That's nice. That was, that was a there you record. go. Wonderful. Great segue. No, no, we didn't. Couldn't have done it any better. So. Uh, Usually, I like to talk about how we've met, and interestingly enough, I think our paths kind of interweave interweave themselves at different times. Uh, You know, there's a unique project uh, we were taking on around uh, AI, and that's when um, 
you know, we were talking um, about you know, some type of AI development opportunity there with uh, Rishi. And then another client we're taking on uh, was looking for development and innovation help there as well. And so that's where, you know, our paths cross Jeff. And so it's just uh, really incredible how we, we were able to come together and you know, seek ways of working together. And it's been really great experience uh, being able to see you two guys in action. But how, how did you guys meet? Well, you know, Jeff and I actually met, uh, I think, in 2011, uh, when about time where Jeff was just uh, starting off another business. And uh, and I met them at a, uh, I, I believe it was a pitch competition or a, a place to raise angel funds. And Jeff and I interacted then. That's where we originally met. Uh, we uh, did not uh, meet for some time in between. And then we stumbled upon each other at, at, a, at a learning event. Uh, you know, and uh, and we realized that we were both invited by a common friend who happens to be Jeff's uh, best friend and, and happens to be very close to me as well. And that sort of got us engaged. And that at that point, when we met again, Jeff was actually in transition. He was looking to uh, start something uh, fresh. And uh, that's how we got engaged into a conversation. And here we are, you know, we started a company together thereafter. Jeff, you want to say, say a few things from that uh, story? Yeah, yeah, that's that. I mean, that's 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 it's kind of funny to think about how that. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of funny to think about how how you know things come around, right? I think it, it's a testament to the importance of 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 treating relationships well, and you know that, that opened a door, you know, for me and Rishi to to reconnect and um, and through a common friend and just kind of in sharing what we're up to, we kind of realized, whoa, there's a pretty good and compelling intersection here. And so we, it wasn't as if we instantly knew what that was going to be, but, but it intrigued us both enough that we had several conversations and, um, and they kind of got a clear picture of what we really thought would be unique about what we wanted to do with NOA. Very cool. And I know when finding a co-founder or going into business with somebody, I mean, it's not unlike a marriage. Right. At least that's what people say. Would, would you agree with that? And, you know, I, I love to kind of go behind the scenes a bit. And, you know, what was the thought process you guys took with kind of determining the path you wanted to take with NOA? So I think uh, there was a sense of self-discovery, you know, over the co- course of that period that Jeff and I have been together as partners, even early on. It was more like, hey, what are you uh, looking to accomplish, and what are, you know, what are the what are our goals for ourselves, and our and what are your what are our unique abilities, and as as individuals, and see where we fit into that big uh, you know picture of and, and a dream that we were trying to paint together. So it was it was more about discovering that, and then it, it became about embracing uh, you know uh, and 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 valuing each other for our strengths, and uh, and not looking into the uh, you know we all all have our weaknesses, and uh, we have our uh, areas where we can probably do better, but but leveraging our strengths to make to make a great partnership is what you, what, what makes uh, makes it all successful. And secondly, just like in a marriage, uh, you know, you need to uh, you know uh, focus on uh, you know on each other and look out for each other first is what makes uh, a great partnership work. Jeff, yeah, I echo that. I think that you know early on, you know, particularly the first year or so, I think a lot of it was us sort of settling in and understanding how each other works, right? Because we had not like really worked in depth with one another a lot yeah. before that. And so I think getting clear on where we where we really complemented each other and 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 you know, I think what I do value a lot about 
the way that Rishi and I work together is that that we 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 can we have different takes on things often, right? And we debate things um, uh, pretty wildly sometimes, right? But I feel like what what continues to ground us is we both have a really good respect for the other, and so you know, over time we've even built that. I mean, you, you use the example of a marriage, yeah. but I I mean I've experienced that same thing. Is that you have to you sort of have to ground with that 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 you respect that other person and you know, and their opinion. And, you know, we've had it enough times where I thought that I was really right about something and it turned out not to be right. And so it, 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 it's taught me to try to keep an open mind in those debates and try to look at things from other perspectives, even if it doesn't, if it doesn't seem right with me at the time. So, um, yeah, it's something that's definitely grown over time for the both of us, I think. And Risha, you mentioned you got to know each other's strengths. You know, what, what would you say are, your your strengths and Jeff, I'll let you kind of talk to your strengths. But I'm curious to kind of hear how they play together. So I think uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm a typical entrepreneur that shoots first and then figures out how where where need where to aim. And Jeff is a uh, is a deep thinker and he ensures that uh, that wherever we shoot is going to hit the target. So together, I think we make a good marriage. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. But the other thing is about my strengths. I mean, I'm very strategic, uh, and uh, you know, and uh, and my strengths are around uh, establishing operations uh, along with it. Uh, and uh, you know, I totally enjoy uh, client communication because I really want to get down deep into you know, being grown into the, cons- the consulting world, looking at the outcome, looking out the looking out of the goals and the success criteria are very critical for me. So having stitched all that together works well in coming up with a business strategy and, and, and shaping the company to the next level. Yeah, great combination. Yeah, I think so. I think it's funny. We joke about this sometimes that we we vary our we're on on, on on the ends of spectrums in some areas and then where you know we overlap quite quite closely in others. You know, one of the things that I, f- I feel like is a good strength of Rishi's is that he's um he doesn't need a lot of information, right? And and I think that if I look back at how we originally started off, that was a very deliberate decision, at least in my mind, that that I knew that I have a tendency to be very analytical and I and that can freeze you sometimes. And I knew that like I needed somebody who would offset that. And that was something that was really clear with Rishi that, you know, that that's a good balance to that, that'll sort of pull me to where I can be most effective. And then hopefully the combination of us helps us really find a good sweet spot there. So I think that, you know, Rishi's got a good, good ability to, to try to push things along and, you know, um, really just kind of push on things, right. That we, in order for a business to move, you know, you, you can't have everything totally, um, in order always if you're trying to grow right and so you have to find what's that right balance where we got to grow fast and maybe some uncertainty is going to be a part of that um and things may not be perfect but we but moving fast is really important and so um i think that's that that's a big strength that that i really appreciate about him and then i think you know one of my strengths that that i that i i I feel like hopefully brings a lot of value to noa and to to the partnership is that i i I feel like I've over time developed a good ability to to empathize with other other people and to understand kind of where they're coming at, and that helps us a lot with with clients and 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 I think the way that shows up a lot of times is that it allows me to build trust with people pretty quickly because 
my intentions are pretty clear, right? And so um, that's something that I'd lean on a lot as, as, as a personal strength of mine is to make sure that that comes through so that we can build trust with our customers, we can build trust with our employees, we can build trust with our partners. And, um, and that's really key to the type of work that we do. Yeah. And the other thing which I would say, uh, if I could add to that, Jeff, is that where we have uh, commonalities is the relationship. I mean, we both think long term. Uh, we we, are, we we don't want short term uh, wins. We need we want to see the long term relationships to grow. That shows up with our customers. It shows up with our you know partners. It shows up with our uh, you know our our teams, and uh, and that really plays really well. So you know that uh, I think that's this place where we totally overlap, and that builds a whole lot of trust between us and everybody else we uh, we are involved in touching. Yeah, I'll tell you interestingly. Um... As I've come up through business in the beginning, you know, coming out of college and you talk to people about, you know, what, what are the most important factors of success, this and that, you're kind of learning the ropes. Everybody would talk about trust. And I never really stopped to think about how important that was until I went out on my own, you know, over four years ago. And I mean, absolutely, it's trust. And then with the partnership or people you're working together, it's respect and, and knowing your roles and kind of being able to, you know, not in a bad way, you know, stay in your lane, but respect kind of your strengths and the strengths of your partner. And oftentimes when you take that into account, I feel like there's some great successes to be had. But if you try to be something you're not or, you know, try to, you know, break some, you know, do something that breaks that trust, then, then you start seeing some problems, right? Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. And I think we've uh, we've been through uh, partnerships in the past. So those learnings have come into play in making our relationships lots more stronger from the ground up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, and that uh, that plays really well. So, you know, uh, anyway, just thought that's I'd great. share that yeah. with you guys. No, that's great. So let's, let's dive more into NOA. You know, I'd love to learn more about the company. I mean, clearly we've worked together. I kind of understand it. But i love for you guys to kind of share uh, a little bit more to our listeners, you know, what, what, uh, if I'm, uh, what would somebody come to NOA for? What would a company turn to NOA for? You want me to take that one, Rishi, or you want, yeah, go for so it. I think, I think, you know, uh, so the, the name NOA really came from us really deciding that we, we wanted to help clients use emerging technologies to build impactful digital products, right? That's really kind of where the whole the whole thing started. And so we, we really position ourselves as a digital product studio. And I think clients come to us because they're really looking for a talented cross-functional team that's very focused on bringing new digital products to life, right? And, you know, those customers come to us, you know, in, in varying forms and sometimes they're super clear on why they're going to consider building something and what their expected result is from it and and how it's going to impact their business. Other times they have a concept that may just be a problem to solve or a potential opportunity and they really need someone to help get them to like a point of clarity where they can actually execute on that. And so I think that's really what they look for when they come to us is that we, we, we really help guide them through that process. And that means, you know, if it's all the way at the beginning of really flushing out that vision and then getting them through building the product and launching the product and maintaining the product. You know, we we're, I think one of the things that we're very proud about is that we stay engaged with our clients for a very long time in most cases. And so, mm-hmm. 
I, I wish it, you know, I think maybe you can add to it, but that, I think that's one of the, the, the big things I think of when customers come that out. Very, that was very well described. Uh, you know, so, you know, totally. I mean, we help, uh, you know, customers understand and appreciate that uh, the solutions that we bring to the table and their desire, uh, they probably in most cases have never been done before. So they, they require require us to distill the uh, the drivers of why that's important, but also it's not driven by a typical software development spec concept. It needs to be, uh, uh, it requires uh, innovation, it requires uh, a new set of thinking, it requires us to work hand in hand with the customer to ensure that uh, whatever we end up uh, doing with the customer, uh, our customer, uh, it brings an immediate value, creates a, a higher level of adoption, and and uh, and it helps them uh, sort of disrupt their own industries because someone in the industry like them are really trying to make a ch- make a change and make a bigger difference. Got it. So if I can summarize, then it's you'll find customers that are looking for guidance on. Yeah, walking them through, taking them through an, an, an innovation cycle, if you will, mm-hmm. to determine ways to solve their problems. And then you also may have customers that say, hey, we know exactly what we need to, to do. And they'll turn to you guys and you guys would bring it to life. Is that about right? Yeah, nailed I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. that's it. Yeah. I think you nailed it, Andrew. And, and, and you know, they sometimes, they're, they, you know, they're, there's variation in what are the types of things that they're looking for guidance on, right? Like, so sometimes they've really got a good vision about what their product is going to do and how it, how it fits in the marketplace and all, all the business drivers behind it. And they may even have some idea technically, like, you know, we've had customers come to us and go, Hey, we think we can do this. And we think we can use IBM Watson to do this. Right. And so, you know, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll pick up that concept and, and either confirm through experiments that have sort of a, an outcome that we evaluate. Um, and, either prove or disprove that maybe that original hypothesis was correct. Mm-hmm. Got it. So if you were to take us behind the scenes of that, that kind of innovation discovery that you would do with a client, oh, what does that generally look like? And and even, I don't know, maybe there's a, a pre-COVID of how it was approached and a post-COVID of how it's been approached, right? So kind of curious to hear how you, you would go about doing that. Sure. Uh, so I think the pre and post COVID question I want to address first is that the only thing that's made uh, a difference uh, during COVID, because we haven't really gone post COVID yet, is that right. uh, there's a sense of urgency to get things accomplished because there's uh, uh, customers t- tend to be in the survival mode that hey I don't know what to do this is this is all brand new um, and so the sense of urgency and the resource constraints that people are going through right now because of, you know, cash or could be, uh, you know, uh, they, they're sort of trying to build something while they're crashing. Uh, that's lead, leading to a sense of urgency. So uh, what we as a business and uh, Jeff, uh, I would like you to chime in uh, as well, is that we are trying to, first of all, uh, let customers understand that innovation is not a one-time exercise. It's, it's a mindset. And it requires continuous investments. It requires you to constantly uh, appreciate that uh, innovation was going to be led by uh, internal and external teams, where your internal team needs to be established, a task force which has to be led by someone within the organization. It needs to partner up with the customers and other partners in the organization. 
we've got to understand what the landscape and the constraints of the industries are going to be, risk and issues uh, involving everything, and what's uh, you know leading to this uh, you know uh, is is the is the fact that it needs to eventually provide value back to the customers that we are trying to serve. Because at the end of the day, we need to get closer to our customers in ensuring that what we do actually brings in value. So we, as a company, want uh, like to educate our customers of, of, and appreciate that this is something that they we need to put together. And uh, you know, we engage with the clients. Uh, we help them think and challenge them uh, on the on the uh, on their uh, key constraints. Uh, help them think out of the box. Help them find new opportunities. Um, you know, through the lens of digital product or innovation. Uh, we establish uh, innovation sprints, uh, which could be small experiments, especially in COVID scenario. Uh, customers are not able to engage in larger set of uh, projects. So we have made it more bite-sized uh, to ensure that customers are able to see uh, immediate value in what they're trying to accomplish by having us uh, help uh, you know, distill that thinking. And you know, we also like to instill into customers that in, if the work around experiments means that sometimes what we think is going to work may not work exactly the way we thought it would. So we need to be open and honest about uh, creating a culture of failing to ensure that we appreciate that not everything is going to be exactly what it is, but whatever we do, it's going to become a lot more uh, you know, apt for the customers, apt for the business, and will be able to bring the value that one uh, in, in, in wants to engage in. Jeff, do you want to uh, talk about some of the other things that we're doing? Yeah, I think, you know, one, one, one of the parts that you had asked about there was, was you know, impact of COVID. I, I think one of the things that we've seen is that customers kind of froze um, and then they had to quickly figure out how are they going to respond. So it's been pretty amazing to see how, um, how businesses, especially in certain industries, have responded really, really fast, uh, primarily out of necessity. Um, but, but, you know, there is a lot of uncertainty out there, right? And so when they're thinking about making investments in innovation, um, when they're in survival mode, sometimes it's, it's easy to not be thinking so much about innovation as much as it is survival, right? Um, so, so we've had to do things where we have taking, uh, taken engagements that we had been planning prior to COVID and then really sort of reassessing how we execute on it and maybe chopping it up into smaller pieces that are more self-contained, right? So it sort of gives the customer the flexibility to take it in chunks and see the the, the progress there and know that they're not committed long-term into a future that's not real clear right now. Um, in terms of the way that we engage with our clients just generally and, and how do we how do we sort of bring that innovation uh, approach to the to the relationships, we we have an offering that we refer to as innovation labs. It's sort of our proprietary take on uh, discovery engagements. And a lot of it is based upon design thinking principles. And, you know, we, we kind of, we find that those discoveries range widely in sort of the size, um, the focus a lot of times too. And, you know, they, they always typically have a, a pretty big element of the technology or how we would build the, the product itself. But I think one of the things that's been pretty interesting to see as we do more and more of these is how much of innovation goes beyond just the technology that you're building, right? And, and so, for instance, I, I, a common complaint is 
one of the obstacles to innovation is aligning different stakeholders within an organization around something, right? Or getting everybody to see it, right? And see why they're doing something and what are they looking for in terms of results. And so one of the great benefits of the design thinking workshops that we go through is that you really have all of these different stakeholders from the client team, as well as different players from our side that are involved. And it's just fun to watch the light bulbs come on, the debates take place, clarity begin to set in, you know, on maybe day two of those workshops. And so, you know, that you could make an argument that getting power and resources and focus behind innovation really starts with getting everybody aligned on what the vision for why they're even taking that initiative on. Yeah, I like that. And I'm curious because I'm a, I'm a bit of a disciple of design thinking myself, uh, whether it is for you know, innovation type discussions like this, or even just general problem solving. You know, when you get into these larger group situations with your clients, how much time are you spending just educating them on the overall process? Or are they basically just saying, hey, we trust you, take us through it. And we know at the end of it, we'll, we'll, we'll come out happy and, and glowing. So and I'd love to kind of hear how you guys approach that. You know, admittedly, it's gotten a little more tricky, right? Since everything's virtual right now. You know, it, in the past, you can do these in person around a whiteboard. And, you know, you're, you're there, you know, person to person doing it virtually. We, we've, we, in addition to just getting, getting people that are not familiar with a lot of the exercises and the process, you know, comfortable with it. Right. Um, it's also getting them comfortable with sort of the virtual landscape, right? Like using the tools that we use, like, uh, you know, we use a virtual whiteboarding tool that's really good, but some of those things that you don't really think about, like you don't want to burn, you know, a lot of your time at the beginning of these really valuable workshops, just getting people familiar with how to use the tool. Right. So we've, we've sort of had to adapt from that standpoint. And I, yeah, I've found that like, you know, usually that first, that first workshop, there's a little bit of settling in because, you see a lot of you see a lot of dynamics just from people like you know you have different levels of folks involved with these workshops and how do you balance decision making and who's going to make the final decision and how do you weight what their input is versus other people on the team and so there's just a lot of people dynamics that go on in these things as well yeah people just like to complicate things don't they <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right so but it's uh, a pretty beautiful thing when you see everybody start to kind of oh, around something, you know. You're absolutely right about that, definitely. So um, I'd love to, or would you be able or willing to share some of the cooler uh, projects or, you know, products that you've pushed out there? So uh, I'm trying to think of which ones that would be a great example that that we, we we are able to talk about. A lot of the stuff that we do is 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 is. Yeah, it's pretty NDA'd, tough. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I can talk sort of high level about a couple of them that I think have been really interesting. Um, you know, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, it, we, we the innovation labs can sort of be just focused on a handful of different things, right? And so, you know, uh, typically those would be, you know, maybe user experience focused or design focused. Sometimes they're technically focused, right? And they, they don't have a need as, for as much attention on the design as, as others in that part of it. And then sometimes they're more focused on more of the business case stuff, right? Um, 
we, we, we have a client that we worked with for a very long time that they, they just have a completely cool way of building a product in a, in a space that has competitors. And, you know, they really came to us with a, um, a idea about how they think that they could build a product that could compete in that space where um, it had a significant cost advantage over the other uh, products that were currently out there. And so they, um, in this particular case, you know, thinking more of like a, a type of architecture, right? And so they worked with our team, um, which was heavily solution architects in this example, to to really design a innovation lab that was um, focused on proving the concept, right? So they, you know, really trying to, to to prove that it could scale the way that it needed to scale, to prove that the cost benefits at scale were going to turn out to be what they expected. And then really developing um, sort of these non-functional requirements ar- around how the solution would need to operate. And so th- we really brought a s- sort of a scientific method approach to this where we have a hypothesis, we conduct an experiment, we report on the results, and then we sort of recycle that back into another sprint to make adjustments and then conduct the experiment again, report on the results. And it turned out really, it turned out really great. And it's a, it's a, it's a really, um, impactful product that we're excited to see uh, out there in the marketplace. Very cool. Very cool. And I appreciate you sharing that. I know sometimes it's, we, we have to tiptoe around the things we can and can't really talk about with our clients. So I completely understand. Yeah. So yeah, how some about of the best this? Ones, really. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into the lightning round. You know, these are just you know questions we get a little more on the personal side of things. And, uh, you know, sometimes they can be answered quickly. Other times we can deep dive it a little bit, but, yeah, we'll, we'll do it by kind of taking turns. You know, we'll start with Rishi and then we'll, we'll switch over to Jeff because I want to make sure you guys both kind of give your, your answers to this. Uh, so Rishi, you know, what do you wish you had known when you started out on your career? What would you tell your younger self? Well, you know, I wish I had much more appreciation for reading when I started my career. I think my thirst for learning and growing was discovered later uh, as an entrepreneur and I, uh, I know why that was the case, why I had a delayed start on in, in becoming a you know, lifelong learner is because I rushed through uh, school uh, and I sort of completed my undergrad in three years. So when I felt I came out of school, I didn't want to read anymore. I, was, I think I was sort of burned out from reading and, and getting out of school pretty quickly. So I delayed. So if I, if I were to go back and do that again, I wish I had a little more uh, uh, for learning early on. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate that as well. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I did not want to read a, other than anything I really had to back in college, but uh, and now I feel like I go through an audio book or two a month. Just love it. How about you, Jeff? What would you tell your younger self? I, I'm, I'm glad I had a, a few minutes while Rishi answered for me to think about that. I think, um, I, I think what I found interesting about being an entrepreneur is that when, when, you know, I, I first came out of college and I had this concept of what it was to be an entrepreneur, it was very focused on tactical skills, right? Like you need to le- you need to learn how to sell. You need to know how to do marketing. You need to know how to do finance, right? You, you, you have to have knowledge of those different areas, but I've, I've, I've really grown to, to believe that, that that journey is very much about understanding yourself. Right. And, and, and how to best leverage and operate using your strengths and then find good people and build a team that, 
that can really support that around you. Right. And so I think, so, so I, th- I guess like this, what I'm getting at is that like really trying to focus and understand yourself a lot more has been something that I wish I would have paid more attention to like early on. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that as well. And so Rishi, what is something that you'd point to as having a great influence on you? Something or someone perhaps? Uh, my father actually had, uh, has had a great influence on my life. Uh, like most of us have, uh, you know, I think his mindless focus on results, action, uh, and, and keep moving, uh, and, and not letting it, anything stall, uh, that, uh, that progress has been, uh, of, of learning because he is an, he was an entrepreneur as well. And, uh, looking at him and watching him, uh, succeed, uh, allowed me to, uh, sort of, uh, set some uh, some learnings from that uh, experience, uh, you know. So I, I would just say that I'm a, a bit of a uh, I'm, I'm a reflection on on his uh, his journey. So uh, I'm able to leverage that every day. That's fantastic. And you, Jeff? Um, gosh, uh, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of people along the way. I think a, a more recent one that I've I've, I've, I've I listen to a lot and I pay attention to a lot. There's a, there's a guy named Dan Sullivan that does uh, a program called strategic coach that I just really like his philosophy and his take on, on uh, being an entrepreneur and what that means for, you know, your, you building your business, but also is you as a person, you know, like taking on and and extending that to how you want to live with, you know, as it relates to your family and your relationships and those kinds of things. And so I think that's somebody, you know, that I would say like more recently over the last couple of years, I've really um, enjoyed um, listening to and paying attention to a lot. And is Dan Sullivan, is his take, does he have that thing about where it's like, do what you love and then the rest you kind of either farm out to somebody else to do, or am I thinking of that the right way? It's similar, you know, Rishi, Rishi's been in the program and, 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 you know, so he can kind of chime, but I know he has a concept called unique ability that he really focuses on a lot. And so, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I probably aren't, I'm not doing it justice. Um, but, but basically his take on unique ability is that, that it's the thing that you're really, really good at and you get, you get more energy the more you do it. Right. And you know, he's really done a lot of work on that topic. And that was one of the things that really resonated on me and Rishi talk about that a lot of like, how can we, you know, as business partners, like help each other, you know, work within our unique abilities. And, you know, when we look at like, like our, our team, you know, how can we help them work within their unique abilities? So I think that it's, it's a little bit different way of kind of saying the same concept, I think. Got it. And, and, you know, he, he preaches less is more. So focus on what the outcome you're desiring to do and do the most important thing instead of trying to do a lot. So less is more is another concept that he, he has, he has, he has a lot of great, uh, uh, simple ideas that, uh, one tends to mess up on, uh, you know, because we, we try and tend to overcommit to a lot of things and he, he, he makes you commit to one uh, thing and rather than, rather than a lot of things. And he focuses on things which are, which will bring the, uh, most uh, you know scalable results for you rather than you focusing on a lot lot of lot of things that you do a really bad job off. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably a great reminder. I I love to dig deeper into that um, offline. Maybe do some reading up on that. Sounds awesome. Um, along those lines, is there anything you guys are, are learning about right now? 
So what might that be? Rishi? So, uh, you know, the, the pandemic has uh, taught us all uh, to revisit our priorities in life. So I've been focusing on figuring out what the essential, you know, we say essential worker, essential this. For me, it's become what's essential for me. And I've become even more intentional about who I want to invest time with, what I want to invest time with, you know, what I want to do or what I want to achieve. Sort of taking this time to focus on self discovery, you know, purpose, and also what's important uh, moving forward. So a whole lot of stuff that one would probably usually get involved in. So I'm really trying to uh, invest a lot more time learning about that right now. And it's, it's been it's, it's been a it's been a rewarding exercise the last four or five months. Yeah, that's awesome. How about you, Jeff? That's a good one. I, I I do think you know, especially earlier on when this when this all kind of started happening back in March, you know, like sort of it gave us a lot of of, of sort of mental space to pause and kind of evaluate things. Um, and I think with having small kids, it's it, it's it's you know, it's been something you know of, of big interest to me as well. But um, you know. Uh, I've been reading up lately, and I can't re- I can't recall the the exact title of the book, but it's a book on building resilience in in kids. You know, it's sort of been an interesting read um, of how to you know position things for kids when situations come up, how to respond to things in a way that that helps them build resilience. And I've always kind of thought about that as like one of the killer apps that if I can build that in my children, right, that, that that can serve them really well in the future is to how to encounter obstacles and not be shut down by it, but to view it right. as as something that's perhaps an opportunity, right? And so um, that one, and then I guess one of the topic I've, I've, I've listened to some, I'm a big audio book. I, I've gotten to where I don't read a lot of books, but I've listened to a lot of audio books um, that used to be my commute time to the office, but, but I've had to reinvent how to do that now. But um, you know, I revisited some books on, on more traditional like networking and building a relationship. So like never eat alone. Um, there's another one called a super connector. I thought was pretty interesting. And then sort of thinking about that in terms of how, how can those concepts get adapted to the current landscape where it's still important for us to maintain connection with others. Right. And to still build and establish new relationships and grow relationships. And so, yeah, I think learning about that and then trying to understand how can, you know, that be sort of applied given the current environment. That's been something that's been uh, a big focus lately for me as well. Yeah, that's really cool. We've all kind of had to go back to the drawing board in some, in some elements of our lives, right? Because of this pandemic, it's mm-hmm. interesting to hear about how everybody kind of approaches that. For me, I kind of took a step back and it's like, okay, I've got to like, take a deep breath and just probably try to work as smart and as hard as I can to you know, be resourceful throughout uh, this whole, uh, this whole time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, vacation time if we're ever able to take it again. <laughs> That's, sure. That's right. That's right. So uh, maybe not as deep of a question, but what's your coffee of choice? Well, I'm a big coffee drinker and so is Jeff. He'll talk about uh, himself as well. Uh, you know, uh, you know, having uh, Nespresso is my favorite uh, mode of coffee, uh, you know, now that we can't go out anywhere. And uh, right. lately I've been enjoying this uh, particular flavor called Yemen. Uh, and if you haven't uh, bought that, you buy, it's, it's very light and it's very smooth. 
And uh, so I, I've, I've been enjoying a couple of uh, cups or, or more uh, a day, every every few hours. Awesome. Now, Rishi, did you, uh, were you ever a, a fan of the TV show Friends? Oh, yeah. Chance, Jeff, maybe. Y'all remember when Chandler has to go to Yemen? <laughs> <laughs> every time I hear Yemen, I think of Chandler sneaking away. <laughs> go to Yemen. Uh, anyway, how about you, Jeff? So I, I'm, I'm probably a little bit boring. I love coffee. I'm a huge coffee fan, so much so that my coffee routine right now is trying to stair-step my way down uh, on, uh, on the caffeine that I take in. I, so I, you know, I'm a, my normal routine is Pike's Place, you know, black coffee from Starbucks, um, huh. even if I do it at home. And then uh, my, uh, my fancy coffee drink would be I'd, I'd, I'd love a, you know, a vanilla latte from, from Starbucks or, uh, from a good barista. So yeah, I think, yeah, my, I'm, I love my caffeine <laughs> so much. So yeah, I, yeah. I have to mix in a little decaf sometimes, uh, every now and again. Yeah. I've, I've become quite fond of the, uh, Costco Kirkland brand medium roast coffee. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know exactly mixing in some hazelnut or vanilla syrup and, and getting going. Yeah. That's yeah. Swear I've even done the whole bulletproof coffee, you know, through times. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I ate a, uh, I was on a ketogenic diet for about a year, year and a half. And, you know, I kind of got into a routine of, of black coffee with, um, with coconut oil in it and uh, ghee. And, you know, it, it doesn't sound great, but it's actually, it actually is pretty good once you get used to it. So, Did you feel the, you know, everything they talk about and you know, the, they say it's like brain fuel, right? Or you get you know, a pretty good rush of energy. I, w- I will give it that, 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 you know, it was a really hard diet to stay on. Um, cause it's easy to sort of fall off the wagon. Um, but, uh, in terms of like steady energy throughout the day, that was one of the big benefits that I, I really noticed was I didn't have that sort of late afternoon or mid afternoon sort of energy crash, um, so I, I really like felt like my energy level was pretty consistent throughout the whole day. And, um, and then, you know, yeah, in terms of mental clarity, I, I, I felt like a lot of that brain fog and stuff that, you know, I, I would feel from time to time kind of was gone. I felt a lot more clear. So I'm a believer of it. It's a, it's a little bit tough diet to stay on, but I, I, I think it has good results. Very cool. So next question, what's your adult drink of choice? I'm a big uh, single malt fan. So, uh, and so uh, what I've been doing is uh, being at home, you know, over the weekends and enjoying nice malts, uh, you know, but also exploring uh, uh, and, and, and exploring and expanding my horizon into some more Japanese whiskeys and bourbons. So we, you and I have wow. shared uh, uh, four oh, yeah. roses in the past. Uh, and so, so I, I've, I've indulged myself a little bit over this. Uh, and I think, uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll talk about this one of my LinkedIn posts soon is that uh, my uh, our alcohol bills are obviously st- skyrocketing in this household. Uh, you know? <laughs> but with my wife, uh, during the pandemic, I have uh, I've really enjoyed uh, different nice flavors of gins. I think uh, that's been uh, that's been something that we've been really enjoying. Uh, uh, and then, you know, when we go out and we drink wines, we spend hundred dollars on a wine, which probably costs 10 bucks at a store or 20 bucks at a store. So instead of since we can't go out and enjoy nice wines, we've been started, you know, indulging into nice wines at home. So, yeah. a wife, wife cooks, and we drink nice wines. It's been fun. So, yeah, it's a bunch of bunch of choices right now. 
That's great. And Rishi, what you're alluding to is our time at your last uh, Innovators Happy Hour. Yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we did enjoy some good Four Roses there. Um, you, I miss those. I mean, I wish we could go back and do another one of those. You know, perhaps there's a virtual one you guys may want to do soon. But you know, I really like those get-togethers you guys have put together, Innovators Happy Hour. Uh, yeah. Jeff, how about you? So mine, you know, like my, my just normal go-to is, is like a Tito's and soda, uh, with a lime. I like that, but, um, I'm a big fan of old fashions. So, um, me and Rishi will share those together too. Sometimes I've gotten, uh, had a good friend kind of give me the rundown on how to make a great old fashioned at home. And so I've, uh, I've, I've got that pretty dialed in at this point, oh, but nice. yeah, so I love, I, I love a good old fashioned and, um, and I'm more of a more of a, a vodka fan. So the Moscow Mules vodka soda. That's kind of that's kind of my speed. Got it. Very good. So how about this one? Are you a morning person or a night person? I uh, have always been a night person, and since I got married, I've learned to be a morning person. And lately, <laughs> uh, over the last. Uh, you know, a year or so, I have become a more so a morning person that I really get up, you know, at five five o'clock in the morning. So I've sort of joined a five a.m. club now. So, uh, so I have a different routine. Yeah. So I'm a morning yeah, person now. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I I used to be more of a night person, and I I, I would operate a little bit better, you know, late into the evenings. But, um, but I don't know. I think maybe for me, it was was after having kids, I kind of shifted to where, you know, after after. Uh, bedtime and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it, I don't do my best thinking then. So I've tried to shift more of that to the morning time. And, uh, yeah. and my wife is a huge morning person. I mean, like morning, morning person. So she's up yeah. really early. And so I've, I've, uh, I've, I've just adapted to that. So I, I would consider myself a morning person at this point. And I'd be curious. I was wanting to see if one of you were morning and one was a night person, if that would you know help the, the, uh, the relationship between the two of you, or if that would, hurt the relationship kind of depending on how things operate but uh sounds like you're in lockstep there yeah i, I can see the benefit of working around the clock in the other model yeah. <laughs> but then when you got a great idea your partner's sleeping you can't talk. <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, along those lines if you guys set some routines for yourself you know i feel like a lot of successful people often kind of have a, a, a set routine that they've defined. Uh, what are some, some of those that you guys have implemented? So since uh, becoming a morning person, uh, my morning routine, you know, between five and seven are extremely important for me. And that sort of sets the tone for the day and uh, allows me to, uh, you know, uh, focus on myself and uh, some of my self-learning and and also dealing with my most important and most challenging projects in the morning before the, the busy day starts. So that's been really important. And then uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, my Sunday routine of looking into uh, the past week and the, and the week ahead uh, to focus on what needs to be uh, dealt with and what are, uh, what are priorities and making that happen. So these routines have really helped me, uh, you know, make my, uh, you know, bring some sanity to, sanity to my life as an entrepreneur. And as a as a person, awesome. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think I think you know, uh, morning routines is something that I try to pay attention to a lot, especially when I feel a little bit off. 
you know, that's a good place for me to sort of start with is, you know, well, what, what is my morning routine looking like? And there's, so there's some of the, these basic things that I know that when I'm doing them, I, I feel like I'm just operating in a much better space. Right. And I think one of those things that's a part of that routine would be, um, you know, a lot of people call it mindfulness or, you know, like I, 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 I use an app called Headspace and it's, it's got short meditations and, you know, sometimes just those quiet 10, 15 minutes to kind of do a self check in and how am I feeling right now? You know, am I right. feeling, you know, is there something going on? Am I feeling bothered by something that maybe that needs to be on my list for the day. Right. And so, um, I, I found that there's kind of a handful of things like that, that if I can sort of revisit those pretty periodically, it just kind of really helps me stay dialed in. Awesome. And last question before we wrap up the lightning round, then kind of wrap the show up. What do you look forward to the most each weekend? You know, during the pandemic, uh, the weekend schedules have changed. So uh, kids and I are really enjoying our weekend bike rides uh, on trails. So I really look forward to that. Uh, and, you know, we've all uh, indulged into buying bikes like most of us. And so mm-hmm. we uh, really look forward to that every weekend. Uh, you know, we do about eight to 10 mile uh, bike ride. Uh, it's just fun. It's awesome. Yeah. No, I was, uh, I was shocked. I don't know, probably in April or, or May, um, went in to buy a couple new bikes for my kids and walk into Academy and they're all gone. The shelves are empty. There's not one to be found. I was like, man, how am I so late to this? Game? <laughs> Did uh, they just uh, laugh at you when you walked in asking for a bike? Yeah, they were like, where have you been? <laughs> you know, uh, I was riding a bike that I bought, uh, uh, way back in 99, just when I had started uh, another company. And that was a foldable bike, Schwinn. And, uh, you know, I took it for a bike ride uh, just after this whole thing started. That we, we thought we would start going bike riding. And the first day, the pedal came off. <laughs> oh. So I had, to, I had to go and make a purchase. And, you know, the kids are growing. So we had to buy them new bikes of their size. So, yeah, so it was very hard to find bikes in this uh, during the pandemic for sure. Yeah, still is. I think um, our local bike shop told us there's a wait until about November until they think they'll be able to replenish everything or catch up. It's crazy. Well, yeah. What about you, Jeff? What are you looking forward to the most each weekend now? You know, it, it, it's 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 a lot different than it was you know a year ago. But uh, I think uh, you know I look forward to you know time in the pool. You know, with the the kids and the family, and you know we 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 tend to get out on the boat on the lake quite a bit. So that's something that we like to do. And so that, that, especially this summer, that's, that's been kind of the thing that, that we look forward to the most for the weekend is, you know, wake surfing and just spending time on the lake. Yeah. You know, funnily, um, on sometimes on Saturday mornings, we'll wake up because every to a six and a five-year-old, I think any day it feels the same right now. <laughs> and so my, one my son will ask me, daddy, do you, can you not work today? And I'll be like, okay, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> he gets all excited. And he's like, how come you don't have to work? It's like, well, I mean, it's Saturday, so I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Have to do it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, guys, y'all, y'all survived the lightning round. Congratulations. Awesome. Well done. So, in closing, um, you know, how, how do uh, customers find you? How can they start working with you guys in the, in the future here? 
Yeah, go ahead. You want me to go? Um, yeah, I think probably easiest way is our, our website, no8.com. That's E-N-O and the number eight.com. Uh, me and Rishi are pretty active, both of us on LinkedIn. So, you know, that's a great way to find us and shoot us a message through there. Um, and even if it's just uh, you love chatting about this topic or um, we can help you anyway, um, please reach out. We love to talk about this stuff. So, Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, thank you both so much for being a guest on our show. Thank you for making the time. I know you're both very busy. Uh, it's been an honor to have you guys. Thank you. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much, Andrew. Appreciate it, Mike. It was fun. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank, thank you, you to all the listeners for tuning in to this uh, very special show, the Ladderco Dallas-based Innovators Podcast. I'm Andrew Louder, signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louderco at louderco.com for more. Thank you again and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.